Welcome to episode 69. I'm Josh Lyons. Today we are going to be talking to Matt Fisher from the band Contact from Richmond. Uh, as always, you can find the podcast on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. On Twitter, it's at Podcast Hardcore. Uh, thanks to everybody who's been supporting the Patreon so far. I'll put the link to it in the show notes. I uh, appreciate all the support because like I've been saying, we got some pretty cool live stuff coming up this summer. And I'm trying to uh, kind of up the equipment to do some uh, live podcasts with some shows. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, today's guest is uh, Matt Fisher from the band Contact in Richmond. So with all that being said, how you doing today, Matt? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether um, I should try to make a joke about the episode number that I made it on to, or should I be an adult and not? I don't I feel conflicted. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that because I had uh, a guest originally planned who's like a pretty large guy and is, and uh, got like face tattoos and stuff. And yeah. I have a soundboard and I was going to play like the, the 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 girl whistling noise right after I said yeah. episode 69. <laughs> and uh, I was joking with my, a friend of mine about it. And he was like, yeah, you got to do it. And then honestly, it kind of slipped my mind tonight because it's still something <laughs> in the back of my head I probably would have done, too. So I'm kind of glad that we were thinking along the same lines or whatever. Yeah. I, uh, I have an 11 year old and he's in fifth grade and like he's at a school where uh, it's fifth to 12th. So technically he's like a middle schooler. And I got the question the other day, like, dad, why is 69 funny? And I was just like, oh, dude, I'm not ready to answer this. <laughs> yeah, there's so many questions that uh, I'm, I'm not ready to, to, to brush the topic with yet. And we're actually a, a vegan, my girlfriend and I, and we're raising our kids uh -huh. in that way. And and now yeah. those questions are starting to come up. So I'm I'm at a point now where I'm like, like just i gotta get some books or video guys because yeah. like i have like the adult answers you know what i mean like i don't know yeah. how to explain it to a four-year-old so you're not gonna you're not just gonna let him watch the why vegan video that's how you know it's funny <laughs> how... somebody on instagram because i posted a question about it today and somebody sent me a link to something and he was like yeah that scared me straight and i was like yeah dude he's four i'm not really trying to scare the kid straight right now <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> when i was growing up i grew up in florida and there was this band I cannot remember their name, but uh, they used to bring a projector and they would project the Y Vegan uh, video behind them when they played. So that was the first time I saw it, it was like projected on a giant wall. Um, it was very intense. Yeah, well, Hendrix, that might be coming your way soon if you're not careful, buddy. Keep asking all these <laughs> questions. <laughs> I love so it. Yeah, no, I guess speaking of kids, though, like with the podcast, I like to kind of to do things in a timeline. So I guess before we talk about your current bands, kind of tell everybody about like your upbringing and kind of how you found like the music scene and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in um, like right outside of Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, and so it was a very like skate surf, you know, beach town. Um, and my older brother was a like a semi pro surfer and, and a you know, skate skateboarder. And he was quite a bit older than me. So I, I have the typical, you know, my older brother gave me a tape and that's how I kind of found out about punk. Um, but, you know, middle class, middle to upper middle class upbringing, um, uh, parents, you know, two parents married, uh, white suburban kid again in the nineties. I feel like that was a very typical origin story for a lot of punks. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, just kind of like, I don't, I don't know if it was because I was a middle child or um, when I was in third or fourth grade, my older brother uh, got into the heroin scene. So he kind of was, you know, via 
via skating and, and art and probably a lot of nirvana and like grunge, he kind of accidentally, you know, unfortunately walked that path. And my parents were very open with me about it. And so from about third or fourth grade, I just kind of had that like, yo, something is not right. Like, this is not the script. Like, some, the world is weird. And I want to know more. You know, I want to know more about real life. Um, so, again, like probably a lot of the people in their 30s you talk to, I started listening to Green Day and The Offspring and, um, you know, third or fourth grade and Weezer. And, uh, you know, kind of did that on and off. Mom and dad were not happy about some of the language. So it was constantly, a, you know like illicit materials, you know, sneaking the offspring tape into the house and listening to it while mom and dad weren't around. And, um, uh, and before that, you know, music, it was just whatever, whatever's on the radio, you know, Michael Jackson or, or whatever was, was hot in the late eighties and early nineties. Um, so yeah, that, that was, that was my musical taste from a pretty early age, but it wasn't until like seventh or eighth grade that I kind of realized like, oh, this is more than just like what kind of music you like. This can be a whole identity. Like this can be a whole thing. And that was really um, uh, kind of brought more to my attention when I heard Rage Against the Machine. Um, I, uh, I, I always joke that I was radicalized by the Godzilla uh, original motion picture soundtrack because it had a Green Day song and then it had that Rage Against the Machine song, No Shelter. And uh, which is just such a good, I, we could do a whole episode on Rage Against the Machine subjugating the entire system by getting on a major blockbuster motion picture soundtrack and then writing a song for the soundtrack about how movies are a distraction and you need to focus on what Coca-Cola is doing in Central America. Um, and so that was kind of, after that, that was it for me. I was like, okay, somewhere in here is the truth or somewhere in here is, is at least some thread of like what's really going on. And I, you know, dove in head first starting in about seventh grade and had my first band in probably eighth, probably ninth grade, ninth or 10th grade. Um, I put out, you know, we put out our first record. It was terrible, as you can imagine. It's like a sort of wannabe MXPX type pop punk deal. Um, but that was cool. It was cool that like, yeah, I'm only 37, but I'm, I'm grateful that I got to do like real to real recording. Like I got to do, um, pre-digital and sort of have that really weird experience. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think of what else upbringing. Yeah. So it kind of never just didn't fit in, you know, the whole thing. This was the nineties were, you know, transitional time. It was pre-internet. So it was like, now I feel like with kids, the whole thing is just like a buffet and all you can eat buffet. Like you can be into hip hop or you can be into anime or you can be into a little bit of emo or, you know, what they call emo and, and, and you can kind of be into everything. And it doesn't, it almost like, I feel like when we were kids, it determined where you sat in the cafeteria and there's still clicks, but they're delineated not so much by media anymore, I feel like. Like, what kind of movies do you like? What kind of music do you like? So I very much had that kind of, I was sort of the last generation of, like, breakfast club type. Like, you're a punk, you're a metalhead, you're this, you're that. Um, and uh, so did bands through high school. And then when I was 18, um, 
joined my first hardcore band and I say hardcore with air quotes, which is not good for the audio medium, but, uh, it was, uh, it was like, we wanted to sound like poison the well, it was Florida. It was the year 2000, 2001, I think actually. So it kind of, that was the thing at the time. Um, and dropped out of high school, uh, my senior year and started touring. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I could keep going uh, up till today, but that's, that's the, at least the childhood. Yeah. It's interesting. You have the rage against the machine connection. I don't think I've really, really heard that before, but it definitely makes a lot of sense because I mean, rage against the machine, obviously you, I mean, Zach Rocha was in inside out. So there's that connection, yeah. but I mean, they have, I mean, they could introduce people to either hardcore or hip hop, I guess, you know what I mean? Cause there's definitely both roots there, but I mean, that's definitely one of my favorite bands too. And like you said, I could go through a whole episode talking about, about that band too. Um, yeah. But, and I, and, and I had sixth grade, I kind of had the, I transitioned from Green Day and and Penny and uh, Weezer to some hip hop just because that was kind of what my cousins were listening to. But even then, I kind of gravitated toward like Wu Tang Clan and Ice Cube and stuff like that. So Rage kind of merging the guitar music with the the hip hop elements, but keeping it super super real was yeah, that was it. And then the politics of it, it was funny. It, I, I kind of managed somehow to skip the, I definitely had some awkward like ska and pop punk phase in there, but I skipped the awkward like Limp Biscuit phase and the politics really led me right into like propaganda talks. Like, you know, when I hear propaganda, I was like, this sounds like, like the guy from Rage, like the words they're using that I don't fully understand in eighth grade are the kinds of stuff I want to know more about. And then, you know, kind of that sort of took that path into uh, more bands like that yeah and i and you're talking about touring and stuff so i guess before we talk about like your current band um were you in any like noteworthy bands where you did like a lot of touring and stuff or no not nothing noteworthy i mean it was a lot of you know drive 10 hours to play for five kids in a vfw hall or somebody's basement um i was uh i'm trying to think probably the closest to to noteworthy um, would have been this band called Skylines, which was uh, just like it sounds. It was like a kind of a little more fashionable, like metalcore, you know, mosh, real moshy, sort of Norma Jean-ish kind of deal. Um, I was working at the record label that they were on and they lost a member. So I kind of stepped in, but then ended up like writing records with them and stuff. And, you know, it was nothing. We toured a lot and played some great shows and whatever, but it was you know, the ceiling was like, we got to write up an AP once in like 2004 or something like that. And that was about as close to notor notoriety as I ever managed. Yeah, that was around the time that AP and all those magazines started really paying attention to that kind of stuff too. Because I, I had like a small record label around that time. And I just remember like, everything just started blowing up like all around the same time, pretty much, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle of that book, uh, Sellout. Have you read that yet? Uh, yeah, but I've been seeing it floating around everywhere. So I got, I got like seven or eight uh books sitting on my on my bookshelf that i still got to catch up on but that's that's one that i probably check out eventually too Yo, how's that so far though it's awesome it's great because it's it has a through line for sure but it's definitely like each chapter is a different band and it gets into like that early 2000s kind of like how the nirvana thing didn't stop after green day but like the labels continued to try to find the next big you know thing yeah, it was really crazy watching all that happen. Like I, like I said, I ran a record label and then like around that time, I kind of 
stepped away for a little bit and, and I just kind of watched everything blow up from afar and it was just like, damn, that's, that's so crazy, you know? So weird, um, yeah. But you talking about, were you working for record labels you said there too, or? Yeah, yeah, I worked for a label called Blood and Ink Records um, that was kind of a subsidiary, uh, in some ways a subsidiary of Face Down Records, which was like the big Christian hardcore label at the time um, that was doing like Comeback Kid and, and uh, uh, Figure Four and, and a lot of those bands. Um, so the Blood and Ink was out of Richmond. It was kind of tied in with Face Down. Okay, yeah, and like I guess you now I'm now my my geographically I'm getting a little mixed up because you said you grew up in Florida. Like how at some point you ended up in Richmond though? Oh yeah, that was a big part of the story I cut out. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Florida, um, and uh, when I was 19, um, a band I was in called Total Recall that was kind of like a Kid Dynamite knockoff band. Our claim to fame was that we opened for Millions of Dead Cops, which was crazy. Um, we uh we toured with a band from richmond um so um to put it into perspective uh the first time i saw dtn um was at like a coffee shop in daytona beach um and they had just put out um save it for the birds and um they were touring with a band called 1033 which was a hardcore band at the time we made friends with those guys and then my band toured with them their next tour we kind of supported them and when we played in richmond and we stayed with them and stuff they were looking for a roommate and i was just like this is way better than florida so we got back from that tour and i i hopped a greyhound bus and that was that was the end of it i moved to richmond yeah it's it's funny because in around i want to say 2010 a friend of mine who was on an episode uh several episodes back he was living there for a while and i went down there for a little while like with the intent of possibly moving down there but i was like wasn't really too happy with the place he was staying at the time. And I was like, wasn't trying to do my own thing, you know? So, I mean, I ended up coming back here and now I'm, I have kids with the girl that I moved back with, you know what I mean? So everything yeah. you know, for a reason, obviously, but, but like you said, though, I mean, obviously you, I don't have to tell you about it cause you, you, you know, you're there now, but Richmond was, was awesome. I, uh, what's that, what's that uh strange matter? Is that what that place is called? Yeah. So when I first got here, one of the big draws was the guys that we were staying with literally lived two doors down from strange matter. So when they were like, we need a roommate, I was like, there's no way I'm passing up this chance to move up here, live next door to like basically the CBGBs of the South and eat, uh, yeah, like eat all you can eat Chinese vegan food and go to shows every night. Like, yes, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, we, I went there, like I said, I was only there for a couple of days. We definitely had brunch there one day and just like biking around that city. Like it's definitely a really cool place. And I mean, I like a lot of the bands from there from back in the day too. So, I mean, it's it's I, yeah. I I you know for being like I not not like a huge metropolis it's definitely got like a a lot of like uh of the, of the kind of music we're into like punk and hardcore and stuff like there's just so so much of it there it's like a it's like Gainesville or whatever you know what I mean like it's just crazy like yeah. there's so much so much stuff there um yeah but yeah so I guess kind of getting to current currently like how did how did the whole thing with contact come about then yeah so when I was um I was probably like thirty we had, I'm 38 or getting ready to turn 38. But when I was around 30, um, I was in a band called Positive No, which was actually maybe that's the band that was closest to notoriety that I was in because they ended up being in Rolling Stone like six months after I quit, of course. Um, and it was, uh, it's a, it's awesome if you guys are into like sort of um, kind of like indie pop music. Um, so if you like stuff like 
like beach fossils and stuff like that. Positive nose, really good. The singer of that band is this woman, Tracy Wilson. She was the singer of um, a band called the Dahlia Seed from the early nineties. Um, and uh, they, they kind of had some, some hype for a while, but anyway, I was in positive note playing bass. We had our second kid and I was kind of just like, you know what? I think I'm done. Like I I've done the touring thing. I've worked with the labels. I've done a bunch of bands. Um, I got two kids now. I think, I think I'm, I'm good. Um, and so I kind of never intended to do a band again. And then um, a couple of years ago, it would have been 20, it would have been 2018, I think. Um, I saw Count Me Out do a reunion show um, that like before United Blood. So they were playing United Blood, but I went to the to the Strange Matter, um, you know, uh, reunion show. And I don't know, something just clicked. I love Count Me Out. Um, and uh, the singer Jason was like one of the first friends I kind of made when I moved up here, but I had never gotten to see him. And something was just like, you know, I don't think I'm done, especially seeing those guys who were like so much older than I was, you know, they're five or six years older than I am and they're still doing it. And I was like, ah, maybe I'm not done. So I literally went home that night and plugged my guitar in uh, for the first time in forever and like wrote a song, wrote a hardcore song and uh, recorded it on GarageBand and kind of let it ruminate for about a year. I wrote a couple more songs just using like the drum machine on GarageBand or the drummer, the auto drummer on GarageBand. And then in 2019, I was finally like, you know what, let's, you know, I, I'm not done. I want to do this again. So I uh, had been going to house shows at this place called Yellow House um, and and kind of reconnected with some guys there um, and just, you know, floated the idea like you guys want to do a hardcore band because none of they were they were all musicians, but none of them had, were playing in hardcore bands. And I showed them the demos that I had done on on at home and they were like yeah let's do it so we just started getting together and practicing kind of no real you know at first it was kind of like let's just see what happens if we don't play shows that's fine and then uh started playing shows in fall of 2019 and uh yeah played quite a few shows before the pandemic hit i think we played five or six shows so it's weird we've been a band for like three years but it feels like we've only been a band for like a year <laughs> Yeah, so many bands got just completely stopped once that all that all hit two years ago with the pandemic and everything. And, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned uh, Count Me Out and Jason because when I mentioned some of my favorite bands coming from Richmond, that's obviously one of the first ones I was thinking of. Uh, yeah. I booked I booked a bunch of shows for those dudes back in the day. And and honestly, when I'm listening to your guys' his music, I definitely can hear some Count Me Out in there. You know, I yeah. mean, you know, there's obviously other influences too. But I definitely at one point I was like, yo, that 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 reminds me of Count Me Out. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you. You mentioned that because I'm sure it's, it's obviously an influence then, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you if you know that the story is I went to a Count Me Out show and then started this band, you can definitely hear it. It was funny because we were joking around on the demo. Kendall, who, I, who you had on the show from Heavy as the Head, he does like a second vocal on the demo. And I kind of wanted Jason to do that second vocal. And I was going to reach out to him. But then I was like, it'll sound too, it'll be too obvious that that like <laughs> like if he's on the if he's on the song it'll be too obvious though the the influence so we had Kendall do it instead yeah so um I, I guess like you're saying you had a demo what other uh before we start talking about like the current stuff that you sent me today and stuff like what do you guys um 
Like what other recordings have you guys have you guys uh, had out there? Uh, just really the demo. Well, so during during the summer of 2020, um, I was really heavily involved in um, a lot of the protest and activism that was going on um, for Black Lives Matter here in the city with the monuments and everything. And so that was really, you know, an affecting emotional, crazy time. Like it was truly one of the wild, I mean, like I, I had been involved in activism and stuff before, but it got, it was apparent very quickly that this was different um, and it was gonna go down differently. And so, you know, after all the tear gas and the mace, mace and then, and all the, you know, all the stuff, rubber bullets flying and everything. Um, I sat down, Drew, the guitarist of Contact, had written like a riff that we'd always played around with, but I, I kind of asked him if I could hash it out a little bit. And so I sat down and wrote a song um, and just recorded it with a friend of mine uh, who's not our actual our drummer, Jordan, um, wasn't available because it was COVID. And so Zach did it. And so we did put a weird random single out to raise money for um, uh uh, police accountability, basically like a citizen overview um, of the police uh, nonprofit. And that was cool. We were, it was weird. We like put this one random song out called Names. Um, and we raised like, I think we raised like 700 bucks, just like selling, you know, just like telling people to pay what they wanted for this one download. So there is like, and it has a feature on it for my friend Corey, who's a hip hop artist here in town. So it's like back to the rage against the machine thing. There's literally like a hip hop part in the middle of it where he raps. Um, and that was actually the first song we put out, which is weird and random, but it was cool because we, we raised some money. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that there's the activism tied in there too. Uh, our, our city was also ground zero. It's funny, while we're doing this interview, I'm thinking to myself, today's March 23rd. Um, and that's exactly two years to the day that uh, Daniel Prude uh, was murdered by police in Rochester. And mm -hmm. a few months after all the big Black Lives Matter protests happened nationwide, we had our own here in September of that year. And if you look at like my log of, of episodes that year, you'll notice that there's like a couple of months where nothing happened here because I like to sit like you, I completely yeah. stopped everything I was doing pretty much and was downtown every night. Like, because I'm sure like the same way as you like that, that something like that, like it, it like I can't, even, I, I, I'm getting like choked up just even thinking about it right now. You know what I mean? Like once you hear about something like that, like you, like us as people who come from this like punk and hardcore community with like, like the values that we have, like I immediately that night, I looked at my girlfriend, I was like, I got to go downtown tonight. You know, it's like, we just like, we know we have to be there. And, and like, these are people that like, we want to be fighting for, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, it didn't seem, it almost didn't seem like an option. Like we, we yeah. ended up sending our kids down to Florida to stay with my parents um, so that, you know, we could be, as present as possible and not worry about their them. Um, and it was, it was gnarly, man. Like we, we got, to, I'm sure you guys too. We got tear gas, we got shot at, we got maced. It was, it was wild. And, and, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm no organizer. Like I'm definitely, I'm more of a, if, if, if there's something to do, then I'll do it. But I, I'm not, you know, a I'm not a community organizer in any way, shape or form, but in it, that summer, especially, it was just like, yeah, where do you need me to be? Like, what, what do you need, you know, reaching out to my friends of color and like people who are organizing and just be like, what do you want me to do? Where, where do I need to be? Um, just, yeah, seemed like, you, how could you not? What, you know, with all of the 
shit that we've probably talked over <laughs> 20 years or whatever. It's like, okay, well, now's the time. Yeah, exactly. I was just, I was definitely like you're slaying it. And like I kind of referenced earlier, it's just one of those drop everything and just be there. And, and just like, it's not our, not exactly our place maybe to kind of have to hear our voice at that point, but just to hear what everybody else has to say and just kind of shut up and listen type thing. You know what I mean? And that's kind of yeah. what I did for like a month. And it was like some of the most powerful stuff I've ever been around, you know, it was, it was crazy. That's cool. Good <laughs> you for know? you, man. Thanks for doing that. Yeah. I'm glad you were out there. Yeah, me too, man. And like I said, like, likewise. So, um, but yeah, no, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure like how much you want to talk about the new stuff you guys got coming up. Yeah. You sent me, I think it's called Bef- before and through and beyond all time. I want to say the release is called that you sent me today. That's right. That's right. So is that like an EP or, or is there, or. Yeah, it's an EP. It's funny. It's just a little too long for a seven inch. Um, but it is, it's an EP. It's just six songs. Um, and yeah, we're trying to figure out kind of who we're gonna, um, if we're going to put it out ourselves or partner with the label or, um figure out what we're going to do with it but yeah i don't mind talking about it i i mean you're one of the first people to to that we sent it to what do, what did you think i want to hear what you you had to say i really liked it honestly like it was some of the best like new stuff that i've heard in a long time um if i'm going to be completely open and honest like you did kind of reference like the christian thing before i don't know how much we're going to talk about that but like yeah i do notice like some of like an influence with like christianity and the lyrics and stuff and yeah like now, like as, as at like 41, like I could give a fuck, you know what I mean? Excuse my language, <laughs> yeah. but nah, like you're good. <laughs> 20 years ago or so, I guess, like if I would have heard, like I would, I might've been not as open-minded about it. You know what I mean? So I guess that's my first question. Like first and foremost, I guess, like, does that, does that worry you at all that you're going to like, like, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, you know, I've always kind of been, um, I've always kind of been the Christian kid that hangs out with like the God free youth kids um, and gotten a lot of shit for it. And and that's okay. Cause I, I would always rather, I, I just don't, I don't need to be in like a big back scratching circle where everybody agrees that if anything, that makes me nervous. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes it makes me nervous. I mean, it, it's one of those things where like for my job, I'm a, I'm a pastor. So like I pastor at a church. So it's like, I can't really hide <laughs> or not that I would want to, but it's like not a, it's not a, a sub, a sub note to my sort of identity or existence anymore. And, and I get that, like, you know, how cheesy it can come off when somebody asks me about it. And I'm like, well, you know, who else was a big rebel? You know, you know, who else was executed by the state? You know, the radical Jesus Christ was so cool, you know, or whatever. Um, So if anybody were to ever be like, no, this isn't for me, or even it was aggressive, you know, and and said, like, we don't want you to play the show, or we just don't think that there's a place for this in hardcore. Honestly, I totally get it. Like, I don't know. No one is uh, like, I would not begrudge that of anyone because um, the religion of Christianity has done a lot of harm um so yeah i, I kind of on one hand i'm nervous and on the other hand i just like i don't if somebody has a problem with it my answer is always i get it <laughs> you're probably i get why you feel that way i mean uh, i i would be completely honest again just be like at, at the age of 16 i would have been like i don't this isn't for me but like i think like yeah. there was a couple different like stepping stones for me like first obviously it would have been like stretch armstrong in the late 90s and then yeah. um comeback kid you know yeah. so it's like even but even that now i'm again i'm like i'm 40 and like i'm just like i'm not i'm not gonna be like close-minded about something if i like the music like it's 
you know, yeah. like for me, the music comes first. And then like seeing that you're into a lot of the other similar things that I'm into, it's like <laughs> with the protests and stuff, you know what I mean? It's like, I think it all kind of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I, and I, that's a big theme, a big theme for the band is kind of fighting some of the like Christian nationalism and like the, the stuff that got Trump put into office. And like, it's no, to, to me, and, and I understand if somebody would want to disagree and, and have a conversation, but like, to me, it's like, I'm 37 and I still call myself straight edge. I don't, I'm not going to let someone else ruin that for me, some crew or some news story or some, you know, some group of assholes or, or whatever, like this means something to me. And even if most of the people I meet who hold that moniker are not great, that it still means something to me. You know, it's the same thing with Christianity. It's like, if you were to say, yeah, but like 90% of Christians are, are jerks or, or, or white nationalists or whatever, I'd be like, you're right. And I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to try to keep this, this thing that I find value in real, because if you really, you know, again, I, I don't want to come off as like the youth pastory, like, uh, like, you know, who else is a big rebel, you know, but if you read the actual Bible, it ain't the, the, the ethics that I was raised with in hardcore and what Jesus says, like being rich is not good you know, like keeping wealth for yourself is, is more of a hurdle than it is a boon. Um, being a person of color who is executed by the state, um, being somebody who was constantly not only undermining the local government, but was also undermining the local religious authority and was killed for it. Like you could go on and on the actual stuff in the book, like with a lot of religions, the actual stuff in the book is not only good, but very much in line with the sort of truth seeking uh attitude that we have as people involved in punk and hardcore it's the it's the religion part it's the it's the joe from advent who's the drummer from beloved he has great stuff about this like that advent record that was on was it death wish or bridge nine that like last advent ep i think it was on bridge uh, nine. yeah was like a perfect sort of testament to to, to this attitude um so yeah you know again I, it's with our lyrics and our vibe. I tend to think of it more as akin to like 108 or shelter um, than under oath or, or, you know, whatever, you know, <laughs> the sort of Christian hardcore, I guess, or Christian metalcore or whatever. Um, so yeah, to me, it's kind of like if 16 year old you, or maybe even 16 year old me or my friends when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, if they had a problem with it, my only question would be like, are, do you feel the same way about 108? Or do you feel the same way about, or even like Burn, who, you know, or, uh, or I mean, Inside Out, like Zach, there's lots of stories about Porcel and Zach hanging out and having conversations. It's, we're all just looking for just a little bit of truth. Yeah, I guess you kind of are right. There is like a a double standard there with like the Christian movement kind of being like accepted within hardcore to a certain degree. And, and Christianity is still kind of, you know, not, yeah. not so much like, I mean, cause the, the bands that I referenced earlier are like, are like Christian, but not, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah, I only yeah. knew they were Christian cause they were on like Christian labels. Like it wasn't like, right. and again, I don't really care at this point in my life. Like my, the things I disagree with about religion are definitely yeah. not things that you seem to like stand for or anything like that. Obviously they, for a lot of the are things that you've already kind of spoken against, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. But I, I definitely, uh, 
I, I get what you're saying though. You know what I mean? It is, it is, it is funny that some of those bands were accepted and I, I might catch some flack for this, but I, I'm just lucky because I never really liked 108 to begin with. So I don't really have to worry about that. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? all right. I'm not going to hold, I'm not going to hold that against you. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, because I think in the nineties and like the early two thousands, the argument, when I would bring this up, the argument was like, yeah, but Christianity is like the machine, like Reagan and now Trump and whatever. What's funny in recent years though, um, is that like all of the documentaries that are coming out about ISKCON and like the Krishna movement and how corrupt it all was. It was like the only difference between this and the religion of Krishna consciousness as a system and like the guy who, you know, was all into it and, and was a creep. The only difference between that and the Christian machine is that the Christian machine is just bigger and got a president. <laughs> like, um, and so it, to me, that means it's more, it needs to be fought harder. Like, um, and, and it's the whole debate of like, do you change a thing from the outside or do you change it from the inside? I, you know, you go on and on. Yeah, no. And and again, like I'm like, and I definitely have religious friends and I, you know, I could care less either way. Not, not to say it like that, but you know what I mean? Like, I just don't get upset yeah. about it anymore. And I just kind of, yeah. I kind of feel like to each their own at this point in my life, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, I think that's true, but definitely people our age, but I think even some of the younger kids, like, you know, we, we've caught some flack here and there, but like, you know, we're not like, we're not doing a, we're not circling up and praying before we play on stage. We're not making people like bow or whatever weird stuff you heard about in the nineties. Like I'm getting up there and being like, Hey, you know, all of our proceeds for t-shirts today go to support kids in Ukraine or LGBTQ youth or, you know, like we're, we're like, um, because, because those people are made in the image and likeness of God and Christ tells us to love our neighbors ourselves. Stop period. That's it. Not, not if they're this or that, you know? So it's like, how mad are you really, how mad can you really get at that? I guess. Yeah. And again, like, I, I mean, we could definitely have a whole conversation, a whole episode about <laughs> all this stuff too, but that, that's probably the last thing I'll say is like, you just kind of said it there. Like a lot, like one of the main things that like, I usually kind of associate with Christianity is like, like hatefulness towards like, you know, gays and or trans people. And mm-hmm. you pretty much just said it yourself there. So that's why I'm kind of like, I feel like I kind of have to look at certain things differently now and not, you don't want to pigeonhole a whole entire group of people just because a lot of them may think a certain way or act a certain way. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, it's always the loudest ones that act that way. You know, if you have that impression, it's because if me and a bunch of other people are like quietly to the side, you know, if me as a pastor, if I'm counseling a trans kid or his parents, that doesn't make the news. What makes the news is if, you know, whatever, whatever hateful shit, (laughs) you know, that's, that's what makes the, Unfortunately, that's what sort of becomes the face of, of any group is the lowest common denominator. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, I guess we're, we're technically, we're still kind of talking about it, but like circling <laughs> back to the circle, circling back to the EP, um, like kind of what was the whole process with like putting it all together and like, what did you guys go into like a studio in Richmond or? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's actually a great story. So Bob Quirk is the guy that we work with. He, um, he did the most recent, um, enforced uh record i think he's worked with those guys a bunch but the most recent record he he engineered and and mastered and everything and then he works with he he did some work with iron reagan which is like municipal waste and dtn members super good like crossover band um and a bunch of local bands he's he's great um but he is um a very i, I think he would be mad if i said this but i think the dude's a genius um his studio is a shipping crate 
So he parked a shipping crate on some land that he owns and set up a studio inside of it. And then the drums are tracked in like this pole barn that the shipping crate is sitting next to. Um, and this dude has like a bus that he has converted to veggie oil and has like solar panels on the top. And he's just, he's nonstop. Um, so we, we recorded with him and he's just been a buddy of mine for a while. He recorded some pop punk stuff that I used to do. Um, I don't, I knew him when he was in high school. Um, it's funny. He, I was like a youth leader at the high school that he went to, but he like, didn't go to any of the stuff that I led, which is fine. But like, we kind of knew each other through that and then knew each other through shows and we just always kept in touch. And, um, the songs, uh, let's see, two of the songs I wrote, um, on my own, just like as part of that initial sort of burst of inspiration I had a couple of years ago. Um, and then two of the songs we wrote together as a band, just jamming and figuring things out. Um, and then one of the songs, our guitarist drew kind of wrote all by himself lyrics and, and guitar at home. Um, and that's kind of our process. It's a mixture of like, Hey guys, I wrote a whole song. Here it is. And Hey guys, let's get together and write a song or somebody else showing up and being like, Hey, I wrote a whole song. Here it is. It definitely reminds me of like late nineties, hardcore, like, uh, like Shai Haluj, strong arm at points for sure. Um, like, were there were there inspirations you guys had like going into it, or were you just guys just kind of like throwing riffs together and just kind of putting it together? Like, was there you know yeah. what I mean? You nailed it. Like, I my whole left arm is a Shai Haluj sleeve. <laughs> like, I I'm definitely Shai Haluj. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some other influences. So the two primary songwriters are me and the guitarist Drew. Um, and it's funny, he was actually also, he'll probably be mad when he hears I said this, but he was one of my like young life kids. He was, I was like his camp counselor when he was in high school. So there's only a couple of years difference, but I've known him since he was a kid. And, uh, he and I are the primary songwriters and, uh, he actually has like a very, he loves hardcore, but he definitely like straight ahead hardcore. Like when I bring Shai Halud to the table or 108 or one of those, He's always kind of like, eh, this is really metal. I don't know about this. He is like a straight ahead, hardcore dude. And he really likes some of the sort of like more melodic hardcore from the late 90s, like movie life and like Lifetime and, and Descendant, you know, Descendants 80s and 90s. But um, he's kind of more on the like melody and punk and um and i love all that stuff but it's just not my writing style and then yeah i'm definitely the guy who tries to come with like the riffs <laughs> um and then i write all the lyrics except for the one i mean if anybody else writes lyrics i'm totally fine to not you know to to do their lyrics um uh drew wrote the lyrics on the i think the fifth song on the record um but yeah lyrical content is is pretty much all a little all over the place sometimes it's really biblical just like straight up uh plagiarizing like prophets <laughs> um and a lot of the times it's got a political slant to it um uh and uh one of the songs is like about a trip that i took to jerusalem like i took a pilgrimage to the, the holy land and just all the terrible stuff that i saw there the way the palestinians were treated um just like the armament of the israeli state and and all. so it's kind of all in that line of, of thinking. Have you done a lot of like, like crazy, for lack of a better word, crazy traveling like that? <laughs> no, not a ton. Um, we took a trip. 
so like I said, I'm a pastor, I work at a church and, um, they decided to take the staff, like on a trip to Jerusalem, um, right before COVID. So it's 2019 when we thought the world was going to continue. And, uh, it was crazy. It was like one of the craziest things I've ever done. Um, it was just, uh, it, it, it was all, I mean, certainly all the like historical aspects of it are mind blowing. It's just crazy to be somewhere like in this country, we live on like a 200 year timeline. Like you go somewhere where like the Beatles played the stage and you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe the Beatles played here. And then you go there and they're on a 5,000 year timeline. Like there were times where there were like Roman pillars, like Roman ruins in the middle of a parking lot. They were just like, oh, that's only like 1800 years old. We just put a parking lot there. It's no big deal. It's not 3000 years old. It's wild. And then all of the Israeli-Palestinian stuff, there were times on the tour, you know, we had a tour guide or whatever, and he was a, he was a Israeli guy, Jewish guy. There were times where I would just like take my little earbud out and walk away because the trash that he was saying about the Palestinian people. And I have no doubt there's Palestinians that say the same stuff. But I was just like, you know what? I don't, this is hate. This is just hateful. This is hate. Like, I just can't. So it was a weird, very emotional, very frustrating, but very enlightening and, and wonderful trip to one of the oldest places in the world. Um, but yeah, that, I, I don't do that much global traveling. We go down to Florida and go to Disney World a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'll be part of that club real soon. We, uh, <laughs> I was getting nervous there because I thought we might have to go this year, but like we we had the other we had my daughter last year. It's so not that we got a couple of years where I'll, I'll be able yeah. to breathe a little bit here more. So, I mean, the Star kind of, Wars area is is a religious experience in and of itself. Well, that's going back to the 108 thing. That's another thing that I I lose a lot of flack with the hardcore community. I've never been a big Star Wars fan either. So, um, my girlfriend oh, watched all that Book of Fett shit and yeah. whatever else on the Disney Plus, and I'm just like you know, it's cool, but I just never got into it. I don't know. Like when our son gets older, I'll probably try again. Cause like, you know, there's certain styles of music that I never thought I'd like, you know, and I went back yeah. and realized that I do. So maybe I'll eventually appreciate that. <laughs> what do you, what do you like besides hardcore? Are you like a sports guy? Are you like, uh, yeah, I used to be super, well, I still am. I like basketball and stuff, but you know how it is with kids. You kind of have to just be into what they're into, but yeah um i mean dude like in the early 2000s that's all i did though was like hardcore like i booked shows traveled to shows and did did like the hardcore thing and then yeah um for like my 30s and stuff just kind of you know same i still listen to hardcore nonstop, and that's gotten into movies a little bit but you know i can't really yeah. you know um i like that hardcore for hardcore who <laughs> as they yeah i mean i have other interests but it's nothing like i mean i, I you know now that i have kids it's like when i i mean the, the basketball thing was definitely huge. There was like five years where I, I played, uh, I don't know how into sports you are, but like I, with like fantasy sports and stuff and daily fantasy, okay. I, um, I did nothing but play daily fantasy basketball for like five years. <laughs> so, um, that that, you were, you were well prepared to be a dad. That's like a very dad thing to do. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well now I'm basically a stay at home dad. So I'm my, I'm going to probably get like a part-time like weekend gig or something like a night thing, but like, a, yeah. the, you know how it is with kids. It's like a full-time thing. So yeah. Um, oh, yeah. hundred percent. Especially at that age, man. Yeah. Whew. And with COVID and yeah. stuff, we weren't really trying to do the daycare thing right now. And, you know, now, yeah. honestly, now I feel kind of attached to my daughter. I don't really want to give her to somebody Aww. else five days a week, you know, so we'll have to yeah. figure that all out when the time comes. I get that. Don't worry. They'll get to the age where you're like, please get these children out of my, out of my hair. 
<laughs> I know it sounds it sounds mean, but at some point everybody hits that point. Yeah, I'm I uh, I only indulge in in the one true sport, professional wrestling. Oh, are you a big my, wrestling guy? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you that you're up in the territory, like where you're at. I would I would think you would uh, be a wrestling guy. We were late. We're a few years apart, but I'm a little bit. I'm because I'm a couple years older, but I'm guessing we got into like the same kind of wrestling back in the day. Then, right? Like the oh, old, yeah. the old WWF, the WCW. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff, yeah. man. I love all that stuff, and I listen to all these wrestling podcasts and stuff now too. So yeah, I um, used to do a um, I used to do a wrestling podcast called Smark of the Beast. That was like one of my uh, we where we tried to rank every professional wrestling thing. <laughs> I, that that had to be for I mean, how, how long how long did you do that for? Um, we did it for a couple of years. I think we got to like maybe two or 300 entries. Our, our goal was to get to 666 entries, wow. but it, we had to, and it was, it was bonkers. Cause there was no criteria. Like you could, we would rank like the macho man's cream of the crop promo. Is that better than the stunner? You know, it's just like everything professional wrestling. I'll send you the link. You'd like it. Yeah, definitely. Cause I'm, I'm honestly going back and listening to podcasts that I've already listened to because like the, the main one I listened to. He doesn't, uh, I'll, I'll get through and they won't have him out. They, you know, I'll have time like in between to listen to him. Cause honestly, like a lot of, there's a lot of other podcasts that I was listening to, but sometimes I just get kind of bored with it. And I don't know, I'm, yeah. I'm picky about stuff sometimes. Cause like some people you listen to the way, like they talk about shit on like podcasts and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know. Some people annoy me, you know? Yeah, no, nah, I get uh, it. I get it. I get it. But yeah, yeah. Big pro wrestling guy. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so are you do you keep up with like current wrestling and stuff too then or just mainly the, the old stuff? Yeah, AU, AEW is on right now. I'm taping it so I can start watching it when we when we get off. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm definitely I don't really watch WWE anymore. They're 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 sort of investment in Saudi Arabia. They're like hardcore doubling down on Saudi Arabia kind of finally. I mean, Vince has never been a good dude, but like I finally had to be like, you know, I can't be spouting all this ethics and stuff and then be consuming a lot of wwe content so i'm aew is my main thing right now i try to keep up with what's going on from the dirt sheets and stuff but um oh yeah i'm i'm full in i went i went to a live event uh at new year's and it was wild yeah i haven't watched a lot of aew but i've i've seen a few of the early episodes and i'm definitely familiar with the the, the roster i mean there's a lot of there's there's a few hardcore connections there now too so <laughs> yeah yeah uh singer from god's hate brody yeah. he's on there um andy from every time i die especially now that they're broken up he's been wrestling more yeah um there's another guy who's not in a hardcore band but he's straight edge he has like a big varsity x tattooed on him he's like a young black guy i can't remember his name mm. but it's it's wild yeah there's all mad hardcore yeah. stuff going. And i know on. like cm punk and darby allen have like ties to like punk and hardcore too so it's oh just yeah crazy. for sure you know yeah for sure i mean we're all like the same like outcasts like people who came from like yeah. the same you know subculture so it makes sense you know yeah totally oh but no that's another thing i definitely could talk about for hours on end so i'm always i'm always glad to see other people uh, that are that are fans and waving the flag for uh, wrestling for sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how how else can we hemorrhage listeners for you? We'll talk about religion, wrestling. What's what's another really really turn off that we get? Talk about Dungeons and Dragons or uh, like global politics. I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons, and <laughs> I feel like you and I probably would agree on a lot of political stuff, but I, I have shied away from it lately. Talking about it just because most of the episodes have been long enough to where. It hasn't come up. I was talking about it a lot during like Black Lives Matter, obviously, because it was like current yeah. and like needed. 
you know yeah. what I mean? But totally. um, I mean, there's always stuff going on to talk about with that, but sure, sure. You know. Um, but what else do you guys have? So I guess you're just kind of shopping the record then. Uh, other than that, are you guys got any shows, anything planned with yeah. the band or anything? Yeah. So we're playing April 25th. Um, it's actually, so Drew, our guitarist, he, he has a, he sings for another band that's uh, called, we call this courage. Um, and it's going to be their last show. They've been around for 10 years. So we're going to give them a send off. Um, and uh, contact's going to play um, and heavy as the head's going to play who you've had on. Um, and a couple of a band called house and home. That's like a local sort of melodic, um, band. Um, and then a band called sleeve. That's like more of a straight ahead punk band. That's going to be fun on April 25th. And I'll, I'll, I'm playing guitar for Drew's other band filling in on guitar. So we'll see how my 37 year old body holds up doing two sets. Um, and uh, then, yeah, we'll, we'll plan a record release one way or the other, whether we end up, uh, you know, doing the label thing or releasing it ourselves. Um, if people want to keep in, you know, keep track of all that stuff, Instagram, you know, we're on Instagram and, and all that. And then the demo is on iTunes and Spotify and, and whatnot. Um, so if I haven't completely turned off all of your listeners to wanting to check out the band via, <laughs> via my my topics then uh yeah yeah that's that's basically what we got coming up i don't the label thing is weird i've always like with all my other bands i just stumbled backwards into label relationships where it was like literally i was in one band where um the way that the record got put out was i was working at an office and the guy in the cubicle next to me shouted over the cubicle hey is your band doing anything i'm trying to put a record out and that was how the record got put out um so this is my first time kind of like cult you know, semi-cold or submitting uh, to labels. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, it definitely seems like it'd be, I don't know if it's like different in like the modern age, the way labels are run now and stuff. It seems a little bit different than it was like 20 years ago. Yeah, it's everything's digital. It's so weird. It's like, um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see if anybody, we'll see if any labels are interested in putting out a hardcore record with two minutes of Aramaic chanting at the beginning of it. Well, again, going back to like 108 and stuff, you know, I feel like certain, there you, go. you know, there's, if, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, we'll just, we'll cold submit to equal vision. Maybe they'll do it. <laughs> they want to, they want to return to form. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was going to ask, you know, obviously final thoughts. And if you want to plug anything, I think you pretty much just plugged everything there though. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add in closing or any shout outs or anything? No, nah, man, I just appreciate, I appreciate um, you and what you're doing. I appreciate hearing that you, you know, were so involved um, and continue to be involved, uh, you know, with, with your presence and, and in your heart with, uh, you know, oppressed peoples and things that are going on around the world. And uh, thanks to Kendall from Heavy as the Head for turning me on to your podcast by, by being on it. And uh, yeah, I think that's it, man. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, I appreciate your time too. Yeah, I definitely uh, think we're going to wrap things up. I want to thank Matt for doing the interview. Um, as always, thanks to Greg Benoit, Rob Antonucci, and Jim Byrne for all the help with the podcast. Uh, thanks to my family for always supporting everything. Uh, like I said, just keep your eyes on like Instagram and Facebook. We'll have a new episode coming out real soon. Uh, thanks everybody for checking out the podcast. See everybody real soon and stay safe. <laughs>